Greg, hey, good to see you. Hey, Dan, I wouldn't miss Tunnel Ball for the world. World Championship Tunnel Ball Championship, <laughs> yo! Oh, you bought something to drink? Two bottles, alcohol, one for me, one for you. Brilliant, excellent. Uh, ethanol, lovely, and methanol. You can drink both of these. Uh, I don't know, what's the worst that could happen? Let's mix them! Cocktails! Dan Beeston and Gregoire are smart enough to know better. Hey everyone, there's been a bit of a problem down here, it's smart enough to know better. Uh, Dan isn't really known for his tact, and it would seem that he's managed to offend the king. At any rate, there was a trial, and Dan has been cast into exile, but before they could take him, he ran off. So I'll be doing the podcast myself for a little, until we find a replacement. Oh, blast. Thought I'd turn that off. Sorry guys, not professional, I know. Hello? Greg! Hey, how are you? Dan? Where are you? Well, uh, I was sentenced to go into exile, so I went. You went yourself? You were supposed to wait until they took you. Oh. Oops. Are you okay? What's it like? It's awful. It's cold and dry, and they keep playing awful music at me. Music? Yeah. Uh, I think it's Natalie Imbruglia right now. It's Imbruglia. Why is someone playing Natalie... Can, can you hold on for a minute? You should probably pick the barn. Yeah. Yeah. Who is that? Just some guy with a beard. Are you okay out there? Do you have enough food? Oh, yeah. Stacks of food. Really? So you're not in any danger of... Hang on, dying? hang on, hang on. Uh, yeah. Are you looking for cheese? It's down the back with the deli items. Deli? Are you in a market? Yeah, Wool- Woolworths. There's a Woolworths in exile? What? Don't be obtuse. I'm in exile in Woolworths. Now, do you want some? Some what? Eggs. Are you in the exile? Of course I am. That's where they told me to go. You... uh, uh, They're going to deport you. But... But I don't drink port. I'm hanging up. Uh, They're playing Ace of Base. They're playing Ace of Base. Gregoire and Dan Beeston have not managed to avoid this week's walk of shame. <laughs> no, here it comes again. Yes, indeed. Last podcast, I said that there were cave dwellers in France called Neanderthals. Yes. Who lived in caves in a place called Neanderthal. Yes. This is not the case. <gasps> it's a valley, isn't it? There is. Neander Valley? There are cave dwellers in France called troglodytes who live in troglodyte. Really? And they live in caves. I've never heard that before in my life. That's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Troglodyte. It's a good word. Yeah. Now Ooh, I'm, it's much better than the now I'm Now I'm quoting Jurassic Park. The daughter of the main guy is, she calls someone a troglodyte, and he goes, good word use. Because I only really like as a... No, I know. Yes. Yeah, so troglodytes. Yes. I have to ask, I, I'm not going to dispute that. I know nothing about troglodytes or where troglodytes came from. Yep. But Cro-Magnon Man lived in caves and left cave paintings as well. Like yes. Now. And so you're saying that... Neanderthals didn't live in caves? Or were you saying that's not what we're thinking of? It's the Neander Valley, isn't it? Neander Valley. That, I, I don't know anything about that. All I'm saying oh. is that when I said that Neanderthals live in France in caves, yes. that I was wrong, that's troglodytes. Right, okay. 
I think we may be kind of mixing two things up there slightly. Yes, and that was that's the point. Uh, I mixed two things up, uh, and that's my mistake. But Neanderthals might have lived in caves. Sure. Right. Oh, you're not denying that fact. No. Oh, right. So walk but show. what I'm saying is that right now, yes. there are caves in France with, like, front doors on them where people, and totally furnished, where French oh. people live in them, and they are called, and they're from the town of Troglodyte. And they're called Troglodytes. <laughs> right. How's... Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. Yes. They're Troglodytes. <laughs> uh, I released the point five episode a week early because I can't tell the difference between seven days and 14 days. Now, I've heard, and I should have checked this before the podcast starts, this is the only month for the next 83 years that has five weekends in it. Oh. I wish I'd checked that now because I'm going to come out and say, I'm going to stand by my vague assumption. Walk of shame, walk of shame. I like uh, it. So we'll check for next time. But supposedly, August 2010 will be the first one for a long time that has five weekends in them. So because it's the way the months all, all sort of work out. So basically yeah. what you're saying is that this is the best month ever. Party on. Party on, dudes. I'm so hip. <laughs> I also have a walk of shame for you. <clears throat> Because in episode one, you gave a very interesting dissection of how quantum uncertainty works. Yes, yes. I'm proud of it. And position and momentum. And we had a very nice user called Roddy Land, mm-hmm. who really enjoyed the podcast, mentioned on a forum on cracked.com that you were very much wrong, uh, or at least a little bit wrong. <gasps> oh, no. Uh, as Be you nice. explained it, something along the lines Be of nice. you need to bounce something off the thing you want to measure to measure its position, and that bouncing changes it momentum and while that is technically true the best kind of true <laughs> uh, and fairly easy to understand that is not true uncertainty in the quantum physics sense oh. uh, and then he goes on to i haven't read this if you imagine a free electron that is in some location moving in some direction that electron isn't a point it's a fuzzy blob yes. the the listener find it if uh, you actually look for is governed by the quantum wave function it's probabilistic Yes, I will. Um, I will. I will concede to that. I was trying to keep it simple. I admit. Yes, I didn't go into the duality of particle and waveforms and things like that. As in, it's a particle. As in, they call them uh, wavicles. Uh, I didn't go into the fuzzy nature of electrons. Electron is not a point in space. It is a probability of finding it in a certain place. But I was trying to keep it simple and keep it easy because there's no point bamboozling people. And also, I am going to stand by what I said because. Paul Dirac, the very famous 20th century physicist, I discovered recently, I didn't look this up until I just happened to read it this week, actually, gave exactly the same uh, description as I did, almost word for word. A proper scientist. A, a, a Nobel Prize winning physicist who only, you know, he was born in 1902, uh, brain exploding, yes, 1902, and, uh, born, and died in 1984, Nobel Prize winning physicist in quantum oh. mechanics. He used pretty much exactly the same, once again, trying to keep it simple. So I. I'm not going to take the walk of shame. I yeah. refuse. <laughs> well, Roddy Land, have you ever won a Nobel Prize? Not, neither have I. I'm going to look like a dick if he has. <laughs> it turns out it's Stephen Hawking's. Damn it! <laughs> no! But, no! But we do love people writing in and telling us stuff, and we do get things wrong, and please keep telling us. We'd love to hear about them. Yes, indeed. We're done with the walk of shame. Walk of shame! So, wait, you haven't had to walk anywhere. No, no, no. I'm standing still. That's why, yeah, no, I, oh, I can't think of anything. I can't think. Well, I mean, I, I know Roddy Land's probably going, walk, walk. And I'm like, no, I refuse. I, I'll, I'll stare down the path of shame, but I'm not walking it. 
<laughs> story of my life. <laughs> now, we did have a question. I don't remember who it was by. Ooh. But someone asked, uh, how is it that the gremlins know that it's 11.59pm? Ah, uh, I, I don't think they they need... Oh, this is because due to the, um, the crypto zoo. The crypto zoo. Right, segment. In the crypto zoo segment, we said... Yes, they would feed at night. I don't think they need to. They don't need to. It's just... Uh, they, they, you can feed them before midnight. Yes. And it's safe. Yes. They won't change. Mm. And in the film, uh, they fed them at about quarter to one, mm. and they did change. Right. So there's obviously a point in their metabolism where if they eat after that point, it signals a trigger to maybe, go into this Well, thing. maybe they have very set patterns, and they wake up just at dusk. Well, yes, a lot six of hours, animals do. Yes, right. Six a hour, lot of animals do. Six uh, hours later, it, their system clicks over into transformation mode. I reckon it's middle of the night. Dead middle of the night. Right. We just call it midnight. Yes. Which doesn't make much sense. Whoa, so that means they have to be equatorial, because they, uh, which kind of, well, they're a bit furry for equatorial. Well, monkeys, equatorial. Anyway, uh, I, have a, I have a slight problem with that, because you live up, because we, being, just to say, we are actually in Australia, in Brisbane, so we close-ish to the equator, not hugely close, but yep. close-ish. Uh, and we do get changes in days and lengths, but not as much as Europe does, or, or very far North America does. Uh-huh. But if you go to North America, if you go to North America, like far, far North America, and, uh, or, or into, let's say, Glasgow, you could get nights where the sun only sets at 9 o'clock at night and gets up at 4 in the morning. You get really short nights compared to uh, all the other way around. You get really, really long nights. So slap bang in the middle of the night wouldn't always be midnight. Have I, have I made sense then? Uh, well, I'm, it depends on where you sit in the time zone. Well, yes. Because if you're at the beginning of the time zone, then... Because <laughs> the thing is, Does the, that mean, the oh, night gets longer on both sides yes. during the winter. And it gets shorter on both sides during the it, summer. It's not exact, though, is it? It doesn't work exactly. Well, it could if you're at the exact right point inside the time zone. Yes, it would. Now, that means, though, does that mean you could, you could say that the gremlin comes from where Greenwich is, the Greenwich Mean Time, but you go down south, get close to the equator. So let's say the gremlins would have to live somewhere no, 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 there's in nothing, Chad or something. No, no, no. It, it not has it nothing to do. It has nothing to do with that. What happens is that uh, in the middle of the night, it ticks over, and yes. you can't feed them after that point. But if you live somewhere in your time zone where the middle of the the uh, the natural middle of the night falls mm. when the clock ticks over onto twelve o'clock, then yes. that's the point. I think we should look up all the places in the world that happens. I think that's anywhere in the world. No, no, no. no it would be the middle of every time, time zone. zone. Yes. So we should work at all the places that, that gremlins could live. So we know that they have to have caves. Or we've yep. decided they have to have caves. And they have to... Well, I know one thing that amused me when I listened back is that you said, oh, they, they have to live in caves or come out at night or maybe they live underwater. And it was only afterwards when I listened back where I'm like... Gremlins can't live underwater, what, can they? they? they, they There's breed. something very important happens when they get it going That's underwater. Right. Yes, I remember that a bit too. When I do that, as a project, I might try and work at all the places in the world that gremlins could live. Then we could hunt them down. Nice. I always love those things where you try to find a place on the globe, especially when you find the opposite. Like there's a little tiny island. It sits in the middle of the Pacific, and it's exactly opposite to Mecca. So oh, you could, if, anti-Mecca. You could, so you could, but you could stand there as a Muslim and you could pray to Mecca and you could point any fucking direction yeah, you want to. And you could look straight down. Have you seen, there was, I think it was Indonesia. Oh, if I got that wrong, I apologise. It'll be in the walk of shame. But they were talking about the praying the wrong direction. 
the... Uh, oh, yes. Yes, so they were, they were praying to the West, which makes me wonder, as I, when a part of my brain went, well, obviously you can't pray to the West. For people who don't know, in Islam you have to pray to the, the Holy Lands and to, to, to Mecca. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere... Or, or close to the equator, mm-hmm. pointing west points you to Africa. That's just that's just geography. Yeah. But it's going to be northwest. Like it, it's not hard to kind of think if you're going on the great curve of the earth, like not mm. through the earth. I'm like, that's really obvious. I always found that a bit strange. You just point to the west. But I'm assuming they just mean. You know what's interesting about it is that that means that when you pray, your prayer can only go a certain distance. <laughs> like there's not enough strength in a prayer to get all like around the world. Because if you pray to the east, it would be further. To get to Mecca, it's not going to make it. Obviously, a Muslim prayer can only make it one half of its way around the planet. Wow, we um, we look forward to your letters of anger. <laughs> I'm just trying to deconstruct the science. Oh yes, of the prayer. science, the science of prayer. Yes. A, that sounds like a Deepak Chopra book. <laughs> the science of prayer. <laughs> Ah, Abraham, my devoted subject, with whom I am most pleased. Oh, thank you, O Lord. I'm so happy to serve you. Is there anything you want? No, I'm good. Because if you want anything, I'll get it for you. But that's very kind. Uh, No, I'm I'm fine for the moment. You want a drink? Some water? Some wine? I've got wine here. Thank you, no. I'm very content. Are you hungry? Uh, You're hungry? I'll get you something to eat. No, no, I'm... I've got, I've got some grain here somewhere. You don't need to. Grain's not good enough for you, is it, Lord? Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'll catch a rabbit or something. Please, no, n- not on my account. I'll kill and prepare a rabbit for your meal, oh, Lord. But please, no, I... I... A rabbit's no good, is it? You're right, oh, Lord. It's too gamey. Um... Oh, I have a lamb! I, I don't... I will kill my only lamb for you, O oh Lord. Really? I, I'm a vegetarian. I, I don't I'll even... kill anything you want me to. Uh... I will kill anything you want. Uh... Want me to kill my own son? What? I, I will do it! I will gut my only son from neck to neck for you, O oh Lord. No, g- God, no! I will! If you want me to, I, I totally will. No, you... you... No, uh, that's not necessary. Oh, okay. Good. I, I can. Don't kill your son. Okay. Don't. Yeah, uh, okay. Good. I would have, though, for you, Lord. I, I don't doubt that for a second... You were a good and kind God, not making me kill my own son. Yes. Um, I have to go away. I wait for you right here, oh Lord. Uh, yeah. Last episode, I did an amazing job of establishing (laughs) how a nuclear fission reactor Oh, he remembers. I'm very excited. Oh, look at him. I'm going to rub his hair. Oh, my leg's kicking. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you did very well. No, it was. I was very impressed. Uh, you explained from the actual 
uh, reactor itself right up to the boiling of the kettle. Yes, uh, indeed. And, and therefore spinning a turbine. And I was very impressed. Yeah, I even got a half point. Yes. For, uh, because I'm too stupid. Yeah, because, uh, you know, apparently you can get energy from a windmill. Yeah, yeah, you can. Who would have thought? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, I just forgot. I just I didn't define the parameters of the, of the half point enough. And I'm going to pay now because now we're at one and a half and one point. Yeah, so I'm ahead. Yes. So this is your chance. Tan Beeston's beating head. Gregoire in the science room. Yes, yes. Okay, dogs so. and cats and up and down and people screaming at uh. So, this week, <laughs> I'm going to give you a very easy one. Oh, God. Here no, we it's go. it's not easy. It's <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. Okay. Uh, I want you Hit me, baby. Come on. to explain to me what hydrostatic equilibrium is. Oh, I can do that oh, one. Damn it. I can do that one. Hydrostatic equilibrium has nothing to do with water. Dun, 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 dun. Well, it can have something to do with water, but not particularly. Ah, no, no. Hydrostatic equilibrium is where a a mass, like a body in space, but it doesn't, we're talking about body in space. Bow chicka bow wow. Yes, that's who. Uh, he, he shook his hips, ladies and gentlemen. It was like watching two brooms try to fight each other. It was disturbing. <laughs> Uh, he's a skinny man. Anyway, he hasn't really got hips. He's just got a place where his legs sort of socket into the rest of his body. It's like, click. I'm like Meccano. It's a Meccano, Dan. Right, hydrostatic equilibrium, yes. as we're talking about. So you have uh, material in space, mass in space. Yes. And uh, in the end, you get enough mass together in one place where the gravity starts to hold it all into a ball. And mm-hmm. hydrostatic equilibrium is when it can actually hold itself in a ball shape, basically a sphere, a big sphere. Yeah. So planets are hydrostatically... Uh, yeah, not hydrostatically. Hydrostatically equilibrium. Yes. Equilibrium. Yes. Basically, that's and that's one of the reasons why Earth is a planet because yeah. it can hold itself into a ball. Yeah. But Pluto is not a planet, not because it can't hold itself into a ball. I just stuffed that up. Anyway, the thing that Pluto can do that yeah. Earth can do is yeah. hold itself into a ball, yes. roughly. But it can't do the other two things which you have to do to be a planet. So, do you remember what they are? I should. Let's see the things that. So, hang on. Do I get a point for that? Am I right? Uh, we're not sure yet. Okay. We've got to look it up on Wikipedia. Right. Because well, I, I think we should do that. Well, I want. I, I, I kind of wanted. I kind of wanted more because, like, something like Phobos. Yes. Like it doesn't have equi- hydrostatic equilibrium, no. does it? It's no. like a big potato. Yes, that's right. So it doesn't and, and have it might, enough it, it, mass. It might even be. They're saying that it might even. Um, its density is so low for, for something of its volume that it might actually be lumps of things all kind of joined together with lots of spaces oh, inside right. them. Because they're saying that. I think it's Phobos or it's Deimos. I think they're maybe a bit both. They're kind of different, but they're saying that these spaces inside this body, inside Phobos, might be a good place to, to build a base. So we go to oh, Mars, yeah. build a base, and go, yay, cosmic rays go to hell, we don't care. And then you, you, you sit inside the space. It might be very granulated. It, all these bits mm. might just be held together. I mean, it's all held together quite well, but it's not in a ball. Mm. Uh, it's not crushing all the space out of it. So the Earth isn't a, a perfect sphere. No. It's an oblate spheroid. So it gets pushed out at the equator a bit. Just because it spins, yes. Okay, but that's the only reason. Well, other uh, than that, so there's a point mm. where there's enough mass to pull a planet into a sphere. Pull anything into a sphere, yeah. yes. Well, because it, it's everything, imagine, because gravity is always attractive. As far as we know, there are theories that maybe, maybe at ridiculous distances gravity repels. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to go there. We're talking about gravity as we know it. And uh, gravity, every bit of mass attracts every other bit of mass equally. So yes. everything is attracting everything. So I'm attracting you, as per usual. Uh, and uh, not Does that mean that even with my Meccano hips, I'm attracting you? Yes, yes, 
then. But I have less mass, so... <laughs> well, but basically it means our point of orbit around each other is actually closer to me than it is to you, because... Um, You're it's... selfish. You're I know, selfish. I know, I know. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> what's saying again? What was I saying? Oh, yes, yeah, so the Earth. Oh, yes, yeah, so every, all bits of gravity attach, attract everything else to everything else in the universe. Everything's attracting everything else. Mm-hmm. So when you when things get close together, they're all attracting each other, and the most, I'm about to say the perfect shape, which is all very platonic, uh, it's not really perfect, but the way if everything's attracting everything else to each other, it will go, and has enough mass, it will always form a sphere. Now, the Earth is not a, it's not a perfect sphere, as it's an oblate spheroid, I love that word, uh, and, and the only reason that is, uh, the reason it's not perfectly, is because it is spinning. It has rotation, mm-hmm. and the rotation, of course, if you put your, it's got due to angular momentum, if you spin in a chair, a, yeah. a spinny chair, oh, yeah. and then you put your hands out, you slow down, yes. and when you put your hands in, you speed up. Yeah. That's angular momentum. So the planet has angular momentum, and so therefore the, the equator bulges around the center, and it actually gets squashed at the top. You can see it very, very, very obviously mm-hmm. in, in a gas giant in Jupiter. All oh, right. Jupiter spins, even though Jupiter's 300 times bigger than the Earth, he says, pulling a number out of the air, 300 times bigger than the Earth, it rotates once every 10 hours. So when it rotates once every 10 hours, you've got this massive, it's massively flat at the top and the bottom, north oh, and south pole. Okay. And it's, ma- it's made of gas. It's, it's like a big cheese wheel. Uh, but it's not cheese. It's, it's, it's a big gas wheel. That's yeah. the problem. So it's just this gas, gas. And it might have metallic hydrogen and stuff like that. But it's flat. You look at Jupiter, it's quite flat. It's not a perfect sphere What is at the one all. that's made of cheese again? Uh, the moon. The moon. Moon's, the moon's made, made of, cheese. of cheese. That's right. That's, yes. that's scientifically proven. Would you like Would you like the chance at a, at a half point? <laughs> well, you want, was that going to be explaining the difference in the planets? Because I know that too, just so you know. Oh, we haven't checked Wikipedia yet. Shall we check Wikipedia? No. Oh. Hang on, because mm-hmm. you Ooh. made a mistake with Pluto. Like you, because Pluto is in hydrostatic equilibrium. It is, yes. There is a reason why it's not a planet. Yes, that's right. Why is that? Okay, so this is half point. Right, so the first one, it has to be a ball. It has enough gravity to pull itself into a ball, yep. which, it, which it can do. Yep. The second one is it must rotate around the sun, yep. which it does. Yeah. Uh, the third one yeah. for that Earth has Go and on. that Pluto Go doesn't on. have... Uh, don't ramp this up, Dan. I know the answer. No. Deal's off! Deal's off! What the Earth does that Pluto doesn't do is it hasn't cleared out most of the mass in its orbit. <gasps> so, so in the Earth orbit, there are things in the Earth orbit similar to the Earth. Uh, like the, There are things that, that orbit the same orbital path as the Earth, but we're about 99.9% of the mass in our orbital area. Pluto... It's just one of the Kuiper Belt objects, K-U-I-P-E-R, and, uh, and it's less than 1%. It and Charon are less than 1% of all the mass that are rotating in that orbit. It's not even the biggest thing. It, uh, it's, it's quite a, you know, there's quite a few big things. Therefore, it does two of them. It can make a ball. It, can, it is in orbit around the sun, but it does not clear out its orbit. Booyah! Damn Booyah! It. He looked so <laughs> worried when he looked like he'd forgotten why Pluto wasn't a planet. <laughs> I'm an actor. No, you know what it is? My brain is quite interesting. Is it? I don't know things instantly. I, I seem to have a very slow retrieval system. Mm-hmm. So if I was in one of those shows where they went, Greg, for $64,000, what is the answer to blah? I'd go, and I'd be done. I just couldn't do it. So I, you'd actually spend more time finding the answer than Eddie Maguire. Uh, yes, would, well, in well, asking the question. Well, no, well, no, I think he would. That would be fine. In, in, so you want to be a millionaire where they waste your time by going. Are you sure? Are you sure? I could probably use that to yeah, go. Yeah. Um, hang on, let me think. No, no, I'm sure now. Thanks. But if it's quick fire. I'm very bad yeah. at quick fire. But it's all there somewhere. So mm-hmm. when I, if I have time to kind of, when you answer the question, the little man in my brain went, "I'll oh, just be back," and he ran down the 
It's like, and like knocking on the doors, and, I, and the beholds like, you can't come in here. Like, no, we have to get the information. Greg will look like an idiot. He'll look like an idiot when he explains this anyway. That's a good point. Oh my god, hydrostatic equilibrium. Greg, it's this. That's what I hear every time I answer a question. The little man and the beholder just yelling at me. What a fascinating life he leads. <laughs> to the Wikipedia! We're back. Back from our wiki break. Wiki break. Boom, boom, boom. How did you go, Greg? I'm right. I'm <laughs> technically right. The best kind of right, according to your uh, email. Roddy Land. Roddy Land. But I will admit that I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't explain it very scientifically. So Ooh. that's fine. Yes, what I said is correct, as in it does form a ball, but mm -hmm. I didn't point out that why it forms a ball is because the forces are balanced. That's pretty obvious when you think about it. In the end, the pressure from inside the planet, the star, or whatever, or whatever's in, uh, in, in a ball shape mm -hmm. is equal to the pressure pushing out. There's going to be no net force. Otherwise, yeah. if there was a net force on this Earth right now, the Earth would change shape because yeah. it's a net force. So the pressure from the material yeah. inside the Earth is pushing out, uh, and yeah. gravity is technically pulling in, mm. and therefore when they're equal at a point, that point is not moving. Ah. Hydrostatically equilibrium, which I did say, I did say, is it, therefore would have to be a ball. That's where the pressure, and that's, now that's why the sun's a ball, that's why the planets are balls. So it's, it's not just planets. Did I say it was just planets? I don't know, I have to check. But I was technically right, the best sort of right. Huh? Huh? That huh? answers the question that I asked. That does oh. what you did before, not so much. Oh, oh, <laughs> he's a harsh man. I'm going to give you half a point. Ooh! If you disagree, dear listener, yeah. then get in contact with Dan at smartenoff.org and call him a big poo head. You also get an extra half a point for explaining that <laughs> Pluto clears its orbit. Oh, that's true. Yes. So that means that you are now on two points. Yes. And I am on one point five. five. Oh, so I. I don't, I don't claim victory because I'm one, one thing ahead of you, you see. I'm actually, you know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> you better come up with a good one for me So how long, we, how long are we, how long, oh, I've got doozies. Uh, <laughs> I reckon Christmas time. I, th I think we should, is it Christmas time? Okay. Or a year. It'll a be, year. A year. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're going to have points for a year. So basically, yeah. you, you could get up to 12 points, yes. if not more. So we're going for 12. I was gonna, okay, fair enough. We don't, right there, good listener. Yeah. So for, this, our, for our anniversary? Yes. We haven't, we haven't decided on will a people, forfeit yet, either. Will people care? <laughs> I do. No, no, no. As in, after a year, it's a long time for, for because listeners will come on board and then listeners will leave. And no, they won't. This is listeners. Don't leave. Listeners don't, will don't never leave. To Greg. Get, get your hands off the dial. Get off the. No, it's not radio, is it? Damn it. What is this technology we're using again? I just. I just, I just post out Bakelite cylinders. <laughs> I like people madly copying them. <laughs> Brilliant. That's how my brain works. <laughs> Bigger light. Is, is a year enough? Is a year too long? Or maybe we should... A year is just right. Okay, a year. And, uh, it's also massively arbitrary. Yes, yes. No, well, it's one year anniversary sounds good. That'd yeah. be our anniversary. And so we'll have a forfeit. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. If I that, think we might have to think about that one. Yes. Well, dear listener, if you have an idea for the forfeit or the victory conditions, so when one of us wins, when I win, what does Dan have to do? When I win, what does Dan have to do? Or if Dan wins, what do I have to do? No underwear on your head running up and down the street. Let's, let's be interesting. Something scientific. Yes, yeah, scientifically. Like so, measuring the number of pieces of underwear you can put on your head running up and down the street. It has to be, <laughs> it has to be something, okay, well, you tell us. Yes. You tell us, listener, what the forfeit, and we'll be reading these forfeits out uh, as ideas as time goes on. Welcome to Smart Enough to Know History. 
I'm your host, Trinity Fair. We're taking a look back at some of the historical events that have helped make August 15 memorable. And it was on this day in 1769 that Napoleon Bonaparte was born in Corsica. He rose to become a revolutionary soldier, military leader, and eventually emperor of France. He met his Waterloo in 1815 before being exiled on St. Helena, who presumably received the sainthood for putting up with a whiny short man eating all the escargot. On this day in 1863, the Anglo-Satsuma War broke out between the English Navy and forces of Japan's late Tokugawa shogunate. Oh, say, Captain, looks like we might have scuttled the ships of the Daimyo. Bravo, sailor. Make the order to splice the main brace. Wait a moment. What's that sound? My God, sailor, that looks like... This mandarin, sir! Thousands of them! Blast! They're bombarding us with Clementine! Another volley of incoming tangerines, Captain! If only William of Orange was here. Coincidentally, it was on the 15th of August, 1945, that the Japanese army surrendered to the United States, ending World War II. The U.S. didn't need Satsumas, no, just a couple of nuclear bombs. From war to peace, and it was on this day in 1969 that half a million people gathered on a dairy farm in New York State to watch 32 bands play across three days. It was a festival that would become a seminal event in music and pop culture. Let's cross now to time-traveling reporter Girl Clumsy at Woodstock. <laughs> on this day in 1040 that King Duncan of Scotland died in battle and was succeeded by his cousin Macbeth. But it was exactly 17 years before Macbeth himself was killed by Malcolm, meaning sometimes you just can't believe everything that Shakespeare guy said. I'm Trinity Fair. This has been Smart Enough to Know History for August 15th. I want to bring up something that's very exciting to me. John, then. Most people, most people know about astronomy, would know about it. Have you ever heard about... That's stars and stuff, right? Yes, that's a good start. That's a good start. Have you ever heard about Etta Carina, or Etta Carr, sometimes uh, called? Etta Carina. She's a singer from Italy, yes. right? Yes. No, incorrect. No, wrong. Etta Carina is a star. Um, oh, okay. As a real star, an honest-to-goodness star, and it's a variable star. It changes its luminosity. It gets a little... In a 5.2-year cycle, it's cycled between quite bright to not so bright. Oh, wow. But why I want to mention this, and it's a wonderful star to know about, Eta Carina is huge. It's probably at 100 solar masses. So a solar mass, would you know what a solar mass is? I would assume it's the mass of the Earth's sun. Exactly right. Yes, that's right. So Which isn't named Sol. Isn't it? No. Mm. You know what the name of the sun is? What's that? The sun. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And Luna, the, our moon? Yes. Is called the moon. The moon. It's no, not I, called Luna. Luna. Oh, okay. Sometimes they we're Sol three or yeah. a planet from the sun. Yeah. Not true. Not true. No. Sun. We we don't have a name for the sun. Good. I'm going to call it. What should we call it? What should we call it? Kevin. Kevin. 
Daryl? I like Daryl. Chad. Chad? <gasps> Chad the son. Chad the son. I know, it's Chad. Okay, so, well, so it's it's 100... Eta Karina is 100 Chads. And uh, just to confuse, you know, here's me ragging in my life about empirical measurements and why doesn't the world just go to metric, which makes much more sense. And, uh, and, and you know, and actually... You were the one talking about quartz in the last <laughs> podcast. It's true. <laughs> and now I've just created the chat. But no, we're going with the chat. Yeah. It starts here. Chat. 100 chats. So it's 100 solar masses, 100 chats. A chat is equals a solar mass. Yes. Except for very specific reasons, which are just too complicated to explain the difference mm. between a solar mass and a chat. Not going to go into it here. Something to do with hydrostatic equilibrium. Yes, yes, obviously. <clears throat> yes, yes. Shut up. Half point. You leave me alone. Right. Don't look at me like that, Beeston. Don't you dare. I'm not looking at anyone like anything, Governor. I wish we I'm, I wish... I'm not even looking. <laughs> not even looking. What the hell's that accent? It's, it's, it's Yorkshire. Oh, very nice. It's a Yorkshire accent. Anyway, Eta Carina. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, to Wikipedia! <laughs> so, it's 100. This Eta Carina is about 100 solar masses, though there has been talk that recently that it might be a binary star. So, it might be less than 100 solar masses, like two stars that add up together to be 100, 100 solar oh, masses. Yeah. But, okay, we're going to go with the moment 100 solar masses. Now, that's big. Yes. That's a big star. That's so big, in fact, that's the limit is uh, the Eddington limit, I think it's called, is, is about 120 to 150 solar masses. That's, that's the limit of stars, baby. That's how big they can get. But, yeah, that's supposedly. Oh, before they become a black hole? Before, before they, they just collapse can't, they in can't form. They can't form. But what if you get two of those really big ones and you smush them together? Uh, then I suppose then they would uh, something terrible terrible would happen what I'm saying if you have lots of gas in in an area yeah. and, and material and, and pulls all into itself yeah. you can't well until recently they thought you couldn't form a star of more than 120 to 150 solar masses because the but, solar oh, wind the pressure of the star from the, 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 oh, the light okay. because that star Eta Carina 100 solar masses 100 solar masses is about 4 million times more luminous than our sun so it's really luminous. So it's pumping out all this energy. Yeah. So once it gets to a certain size, it's blowing away the gas that would take to create itself. Gotcha. Now, though your idea is quite interesting, if two of these stars rammed into each other yeah. and suddenly had a massive amount of mass joining up, then well, it's, it's got nothing really to do with the... What happens when two suns run into each other? Like, because they're plasma. It can't, yes. Like, do they splash like a, two big droplets in free I, I suppose so. I suppose so. So two suns smush into each other... Yes, they... it does. It doesn't happen a lot, but I suppose it has happened. I suppose they just join up. It doesn't up. have to have. I mean, what are the chances of that happening? Well, no, we get lots, no, you get lots of binary stars. So you get a lot of the time what we yeah. do. What we do know what happens when you have a neutron star. Yeah. So that's all compressed down. So something with the mass of the sun, but only uh, twenty kilometers across. Yeah. So it's really, really massive, and it has a binary partner, which is a gi- red giant, which is a very large, low mass star, but a very, very large, luminous, not luminous, uh, nebulous, and it draws off mass. The neutron star draws off mass from the red giant and actually the mass falls onto the neutron star when enough mass has built up on the neutron star to restart nuclear fusion because the neutron star there's no nuclear fusion going on it's just hot yeah. it's, just, it's, it's hot and it's, therefore it's radiating uh, then you get a, a flash it, it, it goes off and you get a supernova from that a type of supernova a type 1A supernova oh no there are different types of there supernova? Di- there are different types of supernova, yes. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You get the one where it said mass falls on a star, on a neutron star, builds up to a certain critical level, and bang! It's a Chaxandra limit. It's at 1.3, 1.8. Oh, you really can't, sorry, I can't remember. When that mass builds up on that star, one solar, 1.3 solar masses, 1.3 yep. chads, yep. Then, then you get a, a type, I'm hoping this is right, a type 1A supernova. Bam! Flash! And it, and it goes up. The other ones is when you have really, really massive stars, really, really massive stars, 
that get to the end of their life. So you're talking about anything with eight solar masses, eight chads or more. Yep. And they they go through and they, they burn hydrogen, helium, and they burn further up and up and up. And then they get to iron. And once you get to iron, you're now putting energy into the system uh, yep. to, and not out. And therefore the whole, the whole core collapses. Core collapse, boom. Yep. Uh, it collapses down. And once the energy builds up again, uh, so once it gets to the, the collapse, there's a lot of energy and it explodes mm-hmm. out and it blows the whole thing apart. Yep. You can get a black hole if it's really, really massive, such as Eta Carina. They're thinking, one of the ideas is it could blow itself apart. Nothing left. No black hole, wow. nothing. It just goes bang! And it's all over Red Rover. They're the two types, type 2 and type 1A. I think, oh, please be right. Otherwise, it's walk of shame time for Greg. <laughs> but Eta Carina, why I mentioned Eta Carina, nothing particularly has happened to it recently, but I think it's really interesting to know about. This star, Edmund Halley, from Halley's Comet fame, yep. discovered it, discovered it, named it. And But in 1843, this thing did something really interesting. I mean, and it burped. It, it pretty much blew itself almost to pieces. Uh, it, it ruptured anyway. It, when I say I think burp's a good way of putting it. Yeah. It went, bang, kind of. <laughs> and and it, it didn't... Is, is that what happens when you burp? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so this thing went boom, but not did not supernova. Like, it didn't go, it didn't blow itself to pieces. And it would, uh, it pumped out about uh, 10 solar masses worth of material, 10 shads mm-hmm. of, of material from 100... Well, at the time, it was bigger than 100. So it, 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 it a lot of material went blasting. We know it did, because that's now called the homunculus. Nebula, which surrounds it. Oh, okay. So you can't, you can barely see Eta Carina itself because it's surrounded by this mass. But it did this thing. Now, normally when stars do that, they like blow themselves apart. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Boom, dead. This one, this one went Got bang it. and went and thought about it for a bit. No, 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 I'm good. I got it down. I suppose it's like when you go out for a night of drinking and then you kind of go oh, and you get a little bit of reflux in your throat. And you go, oh, right. oh god. Interstellar reflux. Yeah, and then you, you hold it in and you go, no, I'm fine. And you're just desperate to get a taxi home. Okay, that's what happened. I think. Stellar-wise. And then in the 1890s, and it got really bright, by the way. It got really, really oh, okay. bright. And people went, As holy crap. And it became the second brightest star in the sky, except for Sirius. So it, it went from being... And Chad. N- and, and Chad, yes. Talk about the star, the nighttime stars, not, not Chad, the daytime star. Oh, dear, we're going to get so confused by that. <laughs> yes, it went, Chad? Oh, yeah, of course, Chad. Uh, yeah, so it, was, and it, so it went from being very not, very not bright, very not bright, uh, like me, uh, to being the second brightest star in the sky. And everyone oh, went, holy right. crap, that's really bright. But they didn't because the Northern Hemisphere. Only people close to the, uh, the equator would have seen it. But yes, it was very, very bright. And then mm-hmm. it shrunk down again. Then in the 1890s, we found it later. We didn't know at the time. In the 1890s, it burped again. It went, and once again, like halfway home, and you're like, oh dear. and it, it pumped out more material. Uh-huh. And it went, and it went a bit funny again. And these scientists aren't always watching the sky. Well, they are, but they're not always watching stars, yeah. specific stars. So this thing did something. We didn't know in the 1890s it did this because uh, ah, okay. later on they worked out from, from the spectrum and, and other material coming from the oh my god it burped again in the 1890 1893-ish uh-huh. then in the 1940s see how close these are happening this is why I think it's amazing 1843 1890s 1940s so it's taking 50 years on again yeah. it got brighter again it didn't burp this time as far as I'm aware it just got really bright really fast people started going hang on this, is, this could be a star a massive star it could be at the end of its life and it, in 1940s it started the helium burn this spectroscopy you can detect materials that, that a star is producing like so hydrogen helium you can see from the, from the spectral lines from yeah. light and they went oh my god it's, to, it's burning a lot more helium now so that means of course 
there was something's changed in the reaction of the star. So this star is desperately trying to do something. It's it's trying to probably save itself. You know, it's, it's just burning things crazily. Mm-hmm. But it's having lots of problems. It got really bright again. Now every five point two years, it goes in a cycle of variability. So luminosity goes up and down, up and down, and it changes quite a bit. Then in the eighty, sorry, in the nineteen nineties, late nineteen nineties, so fifty years on again, yep. it changed its luminosity again. Like it didn't follow the pattern that it set up for itself. Ah. And then now, supposedly in two thousand, recently anyway, a couple of years ago it's doing odd things again people think that this star this massive star 100 chads is ready to kill itself it's going through the final cycle of supernovae it's going to go up very very soon now very very soon could mean now or it could mean a million years we don't know Hmm. but it's really interesting to think that this there's a star that is ready to go yeah now guess how close it is uh picking a number really (laughs) like 190 million light years away much further away than could possibly be of any importance to life on earth (laughs) it's about 7500 light years it's really close 7500 light years yes so it's actually close so there's no statistically uh, when i was really researching into this there is statistically unlikely for such a star to be close to us it has no because of the size of space it's like winning the lottery better than winning the lottery it's, oh, wow. it's really to be that close so we can stare at a star that looks like it's about to blow its face off yeah and kill itself yeah it's pretty amazing that we can pick all this information it's up. pretty exciting but 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 look we've got front row seats yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna look awesome and it will look great also for the for people uh, who still have eyes uh, well no no supposedly if it, they hope this is what people think but to start off with why why i'm really mentioning this this has been talked about quite a lot uh, in lots of different places so yeah. it's, it's not new why i'm bringing it up for us because we're southern hemispherians yes and we we are in australia and uh, southern hemisphere now when it goes up they think that the, the theory is it will be as bright as the moon so wow and, and basically it's right next door to the if you look up in the sky and you look at the southern cross yes it's it's to the right of the southern cross hey. so we can see it you can see it now actually you can go see you can go see Eta Carina. uh some uh, you can actually if you if you know where to look you can actually see it in binoculars so if you're looking at the southern cross and you have the pointers yeah so and the pointers on the opposite side of the pointers to the southern cross yes and about 30 degrees down and a couple of hands uh, hand spans away you can yep. find where Eta Carina is and if it goes up you will see well something is bright as the moon almost as bright as the moon anyway in the sky and you'll be able to read by it in the southern he- front row seats wow. southern hemisphere which is very interesting but 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 it could be some people say it could be quite dangerous yes because it could blast out a lot of material yes and more than point radiation yeah which is bad but humans love radiation we do we do we get along very well with it it gives us superpowers yeah incredible hulk. we'll all be incredible hulk that's gonna be fantastic oh imagine can you imagine just everyone losing their crap all the time and yeah. just going green and punching each other can you imagine angry hulk sex I, I shouldn't have gone there so quickly, shouldn't Angry I? Angry Hulk But sex. just these two, even just bodybuilders. Hulk, like those, Hulk mash my genitals. Look, I, don't, I, I, I suddenly realize I don't want to go into this no, too far. No, it's good. All right, so now some people say it's close enough that it could be dangerous, 7,500 light years. I wouldn't want to make my penis angry. Well, uh, if it got angry, it'd just get really big, and then you'd pass out from a lack of blood to the rest of your body. As I said before, I don't want to go into this. So some people think that it could be quite dangerous, but not many. I know a lot of people who are listening to this going, it's not dangerous because we are lucky in one respect. When these things go off, and you get what's called a, can get what's called a gamma ray burst. Yes. They, they go down the poles of the, of the star when it goes. So oh, okay. due to magnetic, the fields of the sun, or the, of the star, I mean. So we're not being pointed at by those, those points. Ah. So the, the shotgun blast is not going to, is not coming towards us. Well, won't gotcha. come towards us. But we still 
could get some radiation, but I must admit, from all the research I've done on this, it, it, people who know, know a lot more than I say, you know, the uh, Van Allen's belts and, and, the, and the ozone layer and everything will protect us when it goes. But I'm hoping it goes in my lifetime because I would love to see a supernovae that close. It would be amazing. That would be pretty exciting. And the interesting thing is... And it would last for months or weeks to months. If, huh. it, uh, if it does happen in our lifetime, then that means that it happened 7,480 years ago. That's right, yes, yes. And it's already on route. Oh, that's, that's a dun, dun, dun. Uh, route? Are you American? It's route. Oh, I route. On route. It's yeah. on route. I don't know why I do that. No, no. We don't want to say, we don't want to sound like being rude. Maybe that's what it is. Are you up angry, incredible Hulk sex? You don't want to mention routing. No, I don't want to mention routing. How are we going to introduce it? Just I don't know. It's a guest star. It's a guest star. It's our guest star. We have a guest star. We have someone in to talk to. That was seamless. So wish. That was beautiful. That was a work of art. So we're, sh- <laughs> we're sharing the mic. <laughs> And we have... That means I can do this, and you'll have to cut up with it. You can't edit this out now. Ooh, it's getting very close to kissing me. Okay, we have Stuart Late in. Ah! Hello, gents. How are you? Hello, Stuart Late. Who, who is Stuart Late? Stuart Late is a journalist and writer. Oh, or at least I like to think of myself as that, yeah. No, you are. You I are. Okay, believe so in yourself. I, I believe you can fly. <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah, yeah. I, I don't um, think that's true. What? I don't think let's, it's let's just it. We're, we're on the second story here. Let's, let's go. We're not going to say where. <laughs> oh, we're actually we're, no. Wait, wait. We're in the smart enough comedy blimp. Yes, so yes, yes. You've, High you've, above Brisbane. We, we've docked down to pick you up, and now we're, we've moved. We're going to throw you out of the blimp. And we're going to throw you out of the blimp. Excellent. At the end of the interview, for science, we need to control as well. That means you won't be throwing me out of the blimp. Oh, I think. I... <laughs> <laughs> so this interview is going well. Oh, Dan's not here anymore. Wait, hang on, hang on. Oh, no, no, no. Enough of this theatre of the mind bullshit. Let's just get on with this. Stuart's come in. He hasn't come in to watch us play our own little theatre game. I've seen a sudden scenario unfold in front of me. It's fantastic. Sorry about that. Right, Stuart Late. So Stuart Late is a journalist and a writer. I am, yes. And who have you written for? Are you really a journalist and a writer, or are you just a a waiter with delusions of grandeur? (laughs) Well, very nearly. I, I write... For a uh, website called crack.com and also for my own blog, uh, ollilolo.com. So, Oli Lolo. That, that name is the bane of my existence. It was something <laughs> that the guy who I write with and I chose years and years ago when we first started the blog. Were you guys really was... into yodeling at the Yeah, time? something like Oli-lolo. that. Yeah, How do you spell like that? that? Uh, it, it's uh, O L I L O L O, ollilolo.com. There we go. So that's my, that's my blog. And I also have uh, a couple of articles published on a website called Crack.com, which Ooh, is uh, spun the, off the, the old Cracked magazine, which was the Mad Magazine ripoff. It's probably also the biggest comedy website in the world. At yes. the moment, yeah. It's really it's, exploded. Um, it's under, hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's, I get all my scientific knowledge yes. from Cracked.com. I know, yeah. That's it, exactly. <laughs> they, they, they tie in really well with you guys because they, they have they have these, these cool facts about how everything's going to kill you or, you know, turn you into some weird shade of green. So, that's true. I, I like, I like <laughs> the way you put it too that they tie in with us rather than we jump on some okay, <laughs> it's like we recycle I was, I we're writing write them <laughs> no no we're different and interesting damn it we're much yeah. more scientifically based and we have a blimp we yes, have a blimp exactly. they don't have a blimp they just got no, what have they got Talent. Talent, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> but, so you write for them. Well, I've written a couple of articles for them. The good thing about Cracked is they let anyone write for them, but they, they have this awesome process where you can just come in and uh, sign up to their forums and write for them, uh-huh. and they'll pay you for the articles that you write, if, if it gets published on the web, like website. Yeah. Oh. And they'll walk you through the process, so it's really good for beginning writers to come in and you know get, get experience with uh, writing and getting their work published, and they have like millions of readers, so it's actually it's a really good uh, model That's that they 
interesting. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, so I was really lucky to be involved when they first sort of started this up back in like 2007. I got a couple of articles published. And it's really cool because now they've actually struck a book deal, Ooh. which every website dreams of legitimacy through print. Through uh, paper. Right. One day we're <laughs> going to do it. Actual real paper. We're going to have a colouring book. Yes. <laughs> the smart enough colouring book. Smart enough to colour in the lines. Well, well what's funny is... That I'm, is a great idea. I'm actually, I'm actually colour lines. That would be the, the worst idea in the world. The frog is purple. The frog is purple. You know what I'd like? I'd, I would like the smart enough dot to dot book. But, but oh, I'd rather than just counting... Is this the Hulk's penis? <laughs> Yes, it's <laughs> a great idea. I think it's because because a lot of our listeners are very smart. You could do a dot to dot, but number it on the Fibonacci sequence. Oh, that'd be brilliant! Or like uh, times. Or, or really interesting dot to dot of uh, of chemical compounds, which are basically lines and dots anyway. <laughs> What's that? It's ethanol. <laughs> Obviously. Anyway, yes. So you've written a part of this book, this book? What's the book That's called? it, yeah. No, I'm, the, the, book, the book is called You Might Be a Zombie and Other Bad News, Shocking but Utterly True Facts, which is all what they do. A lot of the articles they publish on the website are real. It's real facts, but with, you know, a comedy sort of yes. spin to keep you interested. Yes. Similar to what you guys do. So oh, it's... Um, no. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have you back. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's, a really, it's a really cool idea. Although, having said that, my, my, the article that I write in the book is on origins of fairy tales. Like, you have the sanitized Disney version, like but the, I've sort of dug back. The Brothers Grimm sort Yeah, of stuff. And, and even further back, you know, like, like uh. looking at the, like the origins of where these uh, fairy tales like Red Riding Hood and Snow White... And, and they always from. end in murder and rape. They do. They? The, the old ones yes. are always like murder and dismemberment and yes. horrible like incest and all sorts of weird it, cool things like there's, that. There's nice incest? <laughs> well, no. Oh, yeah. No, there's not. Maybe that explains Dan's family. <laughs> Very charming. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, yeah, you can get it through Amazon uh, in Australia, and you'll get it either by the end of this year or the start of next year. Fantastic. So, yeah, something, it'll be really cool. for the Christmas hamper. That's it, exactly. Or the Australia Day hamper. The Australia Day hamper, yes. Nice, the Australia mm-hmm. Day, yes. I'm, right. sure they, I'm sure the American website planted around that as well. Uh, of course. Yes. Well, yes. Look, even if you are American listening to this podcast, you should celebrate Australia Day. Just so you know, January the 26th yes. is Australia Day. You'll have learned that from Bioshop. Oh, really? Yeah, because that was one there, of the, yeah, yeah. One of the oh. codes is that the code to one of the doors is Australia. Oh, I remember that. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Click, click, click. We knew that. Yeah, that's uh-huh. it. And you, you, I love to think that the, the developers of the game thought that, that was a really obscure and strange clue for most people, but I was just like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, January 26th. We win. Oh, no, well, there was a trick because you go, oh, easy. Oh, yeah. Two, six, yes. oh, one. Ah. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> Americans are silly and do it backwards. That's yes. No, Americans, they put the month, month first, month then the day, but we love then you anyway. Year. So it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Also, don't use Fahrenheit. It's based on salt water. Yeah. Also, quartz are not a recommended <laughs> form of measurement. And miles, what's that about? 1.6 kilometers. Get with the friggin' program, America. And a league. Uh, what's a league? What's a, a fathom? Fathom. Fathoms are just ridiculous. I can't fathom fathoms. Uh, Stuart's uh, here. Yeah, sorry. I probably, probably <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we probably oh, no, please. Don't mind me. <laughs> so, no, we, we do this a lot. We had a doctor on uh, in one of our last episodes. Yes, I heard that and, one. Yeah. And I, I just love listening back to that one because he, he, you just hear him going, oh my God. <laughs> I've done seven years of medical school being mocked by morons <laughs> and they have the power <laughs> wonderful to watch very nice so you've written you're actually a writer so what are you here today to tell us about well I do to tie it all into the science theme which you guys obviously love oh, yes. I, yes, I do a, I do a regular feature on the blog well I say regular feature uh, when I can remember to do it called ways the world will end basically because I'm a pessimistic bastard and I always think about you know the world blowing up or killing itself somehow do you know of a, of a physicist by the name of Phil Plate no Can but you? I'd like to because that's an incredible name it's great. I think I think it's Plato Platt. Ooh, heck. <laughs> 
Walk of Shame. Play it cool. Pat, a little bit girly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, uh, he, he actually wrote a book called Ways the World Will End. Did he really? Yes. Okay, I've and never heard of this and before. The, uh, and it's a brilliant book. It's, it's worth reading. Fantastic. And it's, it's all like uh, apocalypse scenarios. Yeah, yeah apocalypse yeah. scenarios, yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, fantastic. But yeah. I'm, so, I'm, so obviously, I was wondering when you said you were going to talk about that for this mm. podcast, I was wondering if you were just riffing off this other man. But no. obviously not. No. And in fact, I have, to, I have to mention at this point that one of the crack writers, Robert Brockway, one of the columnists, has actually written an entire book about this subject, completely separate from me. Great Minds is what I like to think. Uh, um, convergent it, evolution. That's it, exactly. It nice. is called Everything is Going to Kill Everybody. Uh, so, And that's, that's out right now. You can get that on Amazon. I have a copy at home. It's fantastic. He's such a commercial monkey for crack. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive corporate chill at the moment. I realize this is going to sound terrible. Now, but, hopefully, we can get him to plug it on the forums. We will go, oh, wait, a crack writer is in a podcast. Yeah, oh, we should listen okay. to that. So yeah. you're saying, where the shills here. Where the shills. Uh, <laughs> we can be. We're writing we play the, our cards right. We're writing the shills coattails. What is it? We're, like, we're like micro shills. We're not, we're not even enough to shill what, ourselves. What are those fish that attach themselves to a shark? Remoras. Yeah, they're quite helpful. Us, not so much. Or, or he's the female <laughs> anglerfish, and we're the male anglerfish, and we just burrowed into his side, and we're doing depositing sperm into him, and we just wither away. That's it's weird. This metaphor's gone bad. No, no, no. It's, it's gone bad. Abort, abort, Sorry. I, I was touching inappropriate there, uh, Stuart. I apologise. It's quite all right. <laughs> anyway, Stu! Yes! You're here to tell us about... Ways the World Will End. Ways the World Will End. Yeah, now I, I picked three that I thought you guys might like. The very first, I thought we'd go with uh, something completely crazy and then go to something that is actually happening. So right. first of all, something, well, not not outside the realms of possibility is the old the old asteroid strike. Oh, yes. So oh, you yeah. have this, yeah, it's absolutely. It's happened before. It's happened before and uh, it, it will happen again. It's only why? a matter what of time. What do you know? Well, well, I'll tell you exactly what <laughs> I know. The scientists have, have spotted an asteroid that is headed for Earth. It's, it's a planet killer. If it hit Earth, it would, it would hit with the force of 110,000 Hiroshima bombs. 110,000. Oh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. That's more than I had fingers. They could take out 110,000 Hiroshima. <laughs> Indeed it could, yes. Rumors, man. Do we have 110,000 Hiroshima's around? No, we don't, and that's oh. the point, unfortunately. So we yes. can't use the ablative Hiroshima theory. No, that's we, right. We can't use them to fend it off. Quickly, build 110 Hiroshima's in front of us. That's right. 110... Thousand Hiroshima's plus one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Make sure yeah. you live on the bottom level of that one. That's it, exactly. Yeah. So I'd like to point out that Hiroshima was a terrible tragedy, and I and I feel for the Japanese people who died in their millions for it. All right. All right. Back to, back to the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Yak it up, guys. <laughs> atomic <laughs> weaponry. Nice <laughs> disclaiming, you heartless son of a bitch. <laughs> But yes, this thing is, well, like, scientists have spotted it, and mm. it is out there, and it's going to hit in 2036. So make your, make your plans now. I thought it was, I thought, I'd heard, maybe it's not the same one, I thought they were saying it's in a keyhole, like it could... Yeah, well, well that, that's, I was about to say, oh. that, that's, that, that's, the general, that's the general sort of area, mm. yes. He's trying to, he's building <laughs> it up. Sorry, I'm building, I'm building. Oh, oh my God, where am oh, I? I'm telling you. Ah, Hold me, Dan, kiss me! No, don't kiss me! Oh, kiss me, what the hell? (laughs) We've got 26 years of this! (laughs) Keep kissing me for 26... Whoa! 2036? 2036. 26 years of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making Mm. out with you. That's fine. Worst things to do, I guess. (laughs) Wow, uh... Now I understand the one microphone thing. It's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> no, no, it's a terrible tragedy. Stop it laughing. It is a terrible Stop tragedy. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, so 2036 is when they think it will hit, and they, they don't know if it will hit Earth or whether it will pass very, very close to Earth. And they'll know oh. next year. 
So 2011, they'll be able to tell us what, if, if we're all going to die or not. 2036. I'll be, no, my life will be pretty much over. That's good. 26 years? Yeah, mm. you know. I'll be in my sixties. Yeah. I'll be yeah, fine. I was about to say, I'll be, yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I think I calculated out. I'll be like fifty-six years old. Yeah, or something. you've had a good run. Yeah, I've had a good run. You'll be on your I'll third wife. You'll yeah, be exactly. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> my sixth generation Z. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 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 you'll be dying in your thirties. <laughs> well, we're horrible. It sucks to be the kids. <laughs> Whether you live in Hiroshima or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Why are we laughing about this? I don't know. Well, oh. that's, I think I think it's the, the, the response to people finding out the world's going to end. This yes. is generally laughter. Either that or, or religious fervor, I think. That's Something it, yeah. like that. So it shows you everyone in this room not particularly religious. Yeah. <laughs> we went, yay, comedy! Yay. Hum, hum. Whee! <laughs> I would have thought the religious people would be like, yay, we're going to heaven! Yeah, maybe they're going, yay, we could go to heaven if I really hadn't done that terrible thing when I was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> not like all of them. That's a very big brush. I just tarred every religious yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs> Some religious people can get uh, absolved of, yeah, yeah, of yeah, the horrible yeah, things. That's shriven. The word is shriven, and, shriven. I, and, and it was just also absolved, but you can be shriven, which is nice. Isn't it? <laughs> so, okay, so this, this asteroid is actually coming. It is uh, actually coming, yeah. And, and is it called like Apophis? Or, I think, or I think that's the one. Yeah, yeah, I think it's something oh, like that. Yeah, oh, I think okay. it is Apophis, yeah. I just, I read. Mm. Uh, or something, something like that. They've given it a name. Planet Smasher. <laughs> so, so, something appropriate. Oh, that's a much better name than Silver <laughs> yes. Body than Chad. I think people, yeah, we, yes, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but, but, that, but no, you can't use Planet Smasher in, like, in parties. Hi, I'm Planet Smasher. Yeah, sure, dickhead, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hi, I'm Chad. Okay, we'll you, go home you need someone else to introduce you. This is my friend Planet Smasher. <laughs> yeah. I once I went to a pub with a friend of mine, and we both called Greg. And we say, this girl came up to us and said, oh, "Hi!" Like we're playing pool, and they also wanted the pool table. Didn't care about us, but they they pretended to use their their interest in us to get the pool table, uh, as as women do. And pretty women don't <laughs> want to know me. Anyway, they and, and my friend he said, "What's your what's your name, man?" And he went, "Oh, my name's Greg." And what's your friend's name? And we both called Greg. And he did the most amazing thing in the universe. He went, "Oh, his name's Thorvalda." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm taking my shot, and I just look at him. I go, I'm obviously Thorvalda. Fair enough. And, and, and she went, is your name really Thorvalda? I went, yeah, but most people just call me Thor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then, like, they, and then suddenly two women who weren't interested in us suddenly were interested in us. Suddenly were. And, and this is before I knew, before I was in a relationship with anyone who might be listening. And uh, and uh, basically for, that, for three hours that we, we had this girl to go. And later on I went, oh, I'm glad I didn't actually like this girl because you know, she was just, you know, she was just it's nice enough, but I, wasn't, I didn't get any connection from her. I went, thank God. Because imagine in a week's time, hi, it's... Thorvalda. Um, my name's not actually Thorvalda. That thing, the only thing you find interesting about me doesn't exist. Yes. I like the notion that you actually keep it running for about eight months. Yeah. And then, and then the question comes up. So, why does your mother call you Greg? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's Australian for Thorvalda. It's a nickname. <laughs> Australian for the brilliant. Think fast. Okay, I've got the answer. So, giant asteroid, huh? Yes. <laughs> we invite guests in, and it's not so much like, it's not an interview so much as it is some person's audience. <laughs> Some person running a gauntlet of nonsense. Some person to legitimise your <laughs> rantings. I don't know if we're going to mention the Thorvalda thing, surely. That's not going to make it in the podcast, is it? Anyway. So, yes. Yes. So, anyway, this asteroid is on the way. Mm. And Terrible. Science, exactly. Very serious thing. Mm. Shut science up! Is like, <laughs> you're making it worse! Let the man speak! He's got a prepared thing. He's got a piece of paper. He's, he's a real... I've come with now notes. Now I'm doing notes. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> okay, so there is there is in fact an asteroid on the way, and scientists don't know if it's going to hit 
us or if it's going to pass us by. And they'll know in 2011, so that, that'll be the window. So we'll know next year whether or not we're going to be wiped out completely. But scientists hope that they can stop the, stop the asteroid by basically turning it into a giant baked potato. Mm. They're going to wrap it partially in um, like a reflective substance. They're going to send like probes out. How long to, to get them there? I don't know. This is what That's I mean. Like, it's it, seems, six years, guys. it seems like they're, they're cutting it very fine because they're, they're talking like 10-year time frames to yeah. get stuff out to this thing. Mm. And, and, you know, and base, basing it on like Senate, Senate approval and funding. Exactly. You like, know, so. We really need to get more tax breaks for people. <laughs> but yeah, but, but actually it's from uh, the University of Queensland have, have suggested this. So they're, they're going to send a probe Australia's out. Australia's going to save yes, the day? Yeah, that's it. Oh, yes. yes. Take that, Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's going to be Hugh Jackman on that spaceship. That's right. Firing a nuclear bomb. Um, Shaking his maracas. In a giant interstellar. <laughs> I just got that. Uh, when my baby. No, not that Hugh Jackman. When my baby says me, I go to Rio or really? office. <laughs> that brings a whole new spin to the phrase, the boy from Oz. That's, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, yes. Oh, sorry, so baked potato. Now, just to throw something serious here. Mm. Uh, it is honestly serious. The baked potato idea is to wrap it in something reflective. That's and right. Therefore, you use photon pressure yes. to yeah. push the asteroid away. That's it. Theoretically, the solar wind would then catch the asteroid and push it off course yes. and so it wouldn't mm-hmm. come anywhere near Imperceptibly, yeah. but over time, build up. That's it, exactly. And I heard another idea, because you can't just fire bombs at these things. That's right, It might exactly. just turn into a shotgun blast exactly, of horror. Yeah. And you just take a lot of mass. The other one I heard is you don't even have to wrap it in. You just put something next to it, like the direction you want it to go. So, so a spaceship that has mass, yes. and you put it next to it. Now, because it, all matter attracts all other matter in the universe mm. due to gravity, the mass of the spaceship will actually pull it off course. Yeah, that's it. And, and over enough time, it'll actually be enough to drag it enough that, that it it'll, we won't close. It'll Only come very close. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it will come very, very close. But it won't actually be the closest asteroid that's ever passed to us. I think the closest one that ever came towards us, or we, we've had a couple of near misses recently. You know, like planet um, killer misses? Well, well, nearly, yeah. Uh, there was, in 2002, there was an asteroid 400 metres wide. That's a city which killer, is, isn't Which it? is a city killer. Yeah. Uh, that, that would have wiped out a continent. Like, if it had a hit... A North, continent? If it had hit North America, North America would be covered in ash. It oh, I gone. see. Right, yeah. It would but be gone. So let's say, let's say totally by chance it hit... It hit New York. Yeah, that's uh, it. It would destroy all of New York, but then again, the, all of North America would be doomed as well. That's it? right, exactly. Wow. Yeah, it, it would be like nuclear winter scenario right. because it, it would hit with the force of again a couple of hundred thousand yeah. uh, atomic bombs Gone. going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it would be a massive, massive. It would be the biggest, biggest explosion you'd ever seen. Mm. In two thousand two, that one, the big one, passed within six hundred thousand kilometers of us. Which doesn't, which sounds like a long way away, but in astronomical terms, it's mm. actually very, very close. Mm. You can reach out and touch it. And the scary thing is, they didn't spot this until it was w- well within. Oh God, there's nothing we can do about wow. it. Range. They sort of saw it coming <laughs> and went. Oh, there it goes. Hey, thank goodness that one um, but, didn't but they, hit us. Because due to mass and things like that, and, and trajectories and ballistic stuff, and you can mm. actually go, that's not going to hit us. That's right. Yeah. So mm. they, they spotted it. They went. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> a couple We're of quick okay. yeah, Exactly. Margaret, yeah. send me some new trousers. <laughs> So that was that one. And then other ones that have come, there was one in 2004 that was only 16 feet wide, so it would have caused some damage when it landed. I could have caught but, it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes, uh, Holding it above your head. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> it's, really, it's really hot. It's actually really cold. Mm. Would it be? Yeah. yeah be. After, asteroids are always really after, cold. After, after passing, Even after the, passing through the atmosphere, it would mm. be really cold. Oh, yeah. yeah, super chilled. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Absolute zero yeah, out of space. There you go. It can't be absolute zero. Uh, Of course, if you were near enough to touch it, you were near enough to, you know, be blown up by it as well, so... Maybe you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that chance. (laughs) Strangely, no one's ever been struck by an asteroid. 
which is probably a good thing. Yeah. That we know. That we know of. <laughs> 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 that's right. There's a lot of people who are missing, though. Notice that's that? It. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 13 people in a year in Australia go missing. Yeah, a lot of people kidnapped, <laughs> too. Boonk. Boonk. Hmm. A dog was hit once, though. I think so, yeah, yeah. A dog was hit at a car. And mm. a person's house has been hit. I remember there's a lady, well, supposedly, and she was like, sitting on a couch and an asteroid came through. No, wait, get this right. Because uh, asteroids in space, meteor, meteors and meteorites. Meteorites. So one hits, one yeah. hits the ground as a meteorite. Yeah. So a meteorite crashed through the ceiling of her uh, house and mm. uh, deflected by the beams and didn't hit her. And then supposedly, like a year later, the same thing happened. Yeah, the same thing happened to the same lady. I read about that. <laughs> That's just gorgeous. God going, damn it. <laughs> Mister, give, me, give me another shot. That's right. <laughs> Well, but it kind of makes it. If it's a year later, the Earth's in the same place, roughly, mm. and and it, and it, like the the, the Perseid the Perseid shower, like all the meteor showers, happen at certain times of the year when yeah. we pass through material. So it kind of doesn't make sense that everything lines up again on that year to come through. Having said that, having no said that, it's sense. still pretty unlikely. It kind of, well, no, it kind of does. It makes no sense at all. No, it does. If, you, if you said it was three months later, I'd go. That's a bit weird. A year later, everything's back in the same basic oh, configuration. The time. Yeah, the yeah, timing. The time. Well, look, well, time and space. The, the planets moved back to where it was, and the meteor shower is yeah, where it was, and, and the, you have more chance of it happening then again than, than it was. The Earth doesn't rotate the exact amount. You, you, you're so wrong. <laughs> yeah, really? I, the, the year thing, I, I'll, I'll accept, but this notion that her house <laughs> lined up with this exact stream of meteorites... No, I'm just, just saying it's more up. likely at that time. More likely. It's more likely at that time. This is the man yes. who gave me a half a point for getting the whole challenge right. Anyway. Yeah, except for the important bits <laughs> that I wanted to know. Oh, Please nice. continue. Yes, that's it. So, <laughs> so okay, basically... You can't kiss me for 26 years. I've decided. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> 25? Yeah, 24. Yeah. Well, 22. We'll, we'll argue. <laughs> but on. basically, basically, the point that we, we need to take from all this is the fact that, like, <laughs> Don't stuff come is... Don't our show. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what we have to take from this. Sorry. <laughs> so what do you take away from this? Yes. So what we, what we need to take away from this is the fact that there is giant space death rocks hurtling at us every single thing. There, there could be one on the way right now about to crash into Earth with the power of a million Hiroshima bombs. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. we'd never know. We would never know. It, it, could, it could scream through the atmosphere. We, we monitor like 1% of the sky or something mm. crazy. Mm. So, and scientists are constantly monitoring, but they can only monitor so much. And in the full like 360 degree sky that we monitor, there's only like a tiny fraction that we actually watch. Yeah. So there could be one on the way right now. We'd never know it. And hot, fiery death from the heavens. That's right. That's it. And, and that, you would be doomed to That's yeah. it. That's it. It'd be fun to go. Yeah, where to go? Yeah. <laughs> You'd have a couple of minutes of going, what's that thing in the... Boom. Not in, seconds, in, a very, in a very detached way, it would be kind of interesting to sort of see it happen, but I, would, I wouldn't want to see it happen. No, well, I, I have things to do. Yeah, exactly. I said, I like Earth. It's where I keep all my stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> a lot of work into it. I'm pretty good with it. Actually, <laughs> I put a little, not much. Not much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, <laughs> have you seen one my part of the planet? <laughs> I think I'd be pretty happy with the entire mass extinction event that happens so sort of like, boom, boom, whack. Mm. Everyone incinerated within seconds. It doesn't kind of work that way, though. They're saying it doesn't really happen that way. Yes, you do get the massive die-off. But when they say quickly, you like you know, the, the dinosaurs go, boom. Yeah. It wasn't like something hit and the Yucatan Peninsula, bam, and everything was dead. 
No, 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 no. Yeah. Lots of things died and rocks rained down the yeah, heavens yeah. and the temperature went up by 200 degrees. But 500 then, degrees. 500 degrees. And then animals limped on and mm. limped on. And that's the problem. You know we'd be doing the limping. You know, it humans would be like, limping! <laughs> it'd be it would be a terrible the road style of apocalyptic wasteland. Yes, yeah. but not, not as boring. No. no. A lot more fiery death. <laughs> that's it, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond, beyond Aragorn walking down the street. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, that's, so that's asteroids. That's one way we're going to do it. Oh, God, that's, that's, one. Yes, that's, that's one. one. Oh, my God. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, well, Stu's taking his sweet time. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't had to take control. Right. Look, all I can say is when we had Spencer Housen, he didn't take any guff from us swine. No, 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 he, no. he just took control. Just kept, kept and right he, on and going. And he just yep, kept, oh, that's really funny. Enough. And you move on. Just, just do, man. <laughs> Let's Be do the it. professional. Okay. <laughs> Secondly. Sorry, I'm not saying you're not a professional. You're very professional. I'm the amateur who keeps babbling. So please don't take this crap from me. It's all right. Don't take it from him. I'm, ass- I'm assuming we can cut around it. It's all good. Oh, this is the- oh no, no. This is the... Your bits will be cut out. All right. Yeah, <laughs> fair fair enough. Lucka, lucka, lucka. You're the catalyst. Fair enough. We're the chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, oh. All right. So the second way that we are all going to die in a horrible way is um, you, you, this is probably this is quite a famous one. You guys have probably heard about it. It's called the Grey Goo Apocalypse. Oh, and I yes, love this one. I know. I love this one too. It's a classic. What, what it is sounds is, like is, what I what I make most time at dinner. Yes, exactly. I'm not good. There's these tiny little machines called nanobots, and they actually exist. So scientists are working on them right now to, to for a range of things, like for any, anything from like materials construction to medicine. They, they, there's a thought that you can actually cure cancer with nanobots. They haven't yet, but they mm. they're looking at ways to do it. it basically because there's these tiny little machines like really infinitesimally small like a couple of atoms wide strangely enough a nanometer wide uh, yes ah. there you go yes, that's right <laughs> what a weird coincidence uh, ne- <laughs> uh, one by ten to the negative nine meters wide nano I think I'm going to take your word for oh, it. I wouldn't, yes. but... Uh... <laughs> but, yeah, so, so tiny little, tiny little machines. Theoretically, they would be self-replicating, and they can go in and, and do little jobs on the molecular level. Yeah, yes. What worries people, and, in fact, um, when they were first... What are these things made out of? Think what, about, you well, mean... anything. But and I mean, that's the... But no, no, if, you, if you have a machine that's, that's moving molecules around, it can't be made of molecules, because they're bigger than the machine that they're made out of. You know what I'm saying here? Yeah, no, no, I, I get oh. what you mean, but they are made out of, of stuff. And, have, they, and they can be made out of I'm anything. Like they're because, they're, because, they're, because they're so tiny, they can be made out of anything. That's the terrifying thing, because what happens is what? people worry that... No, 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 you can't get away with, You can't just drop that on <laughs> me and not explain <laughs> that. They can be no. made out of anything, so could but you, not molecules. Could you make a nanobot that <laughs> could actually go into your lead atom... And then pluck off an electron and turn it into gold. No, no, exactly. Because what's what's the machine made out of? If it's bigger than the atom that it's trying to pluck, it More can't be made electrons of... and protons. Uh, so now you're talking about nuclear matter. Of no, this is the, we haven't got. Maybe we can one day. We haven't. This is the problem with it. You, you, it's okay if you don't know. We don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, they exist, and they and, and they scientists do have them in labs, and they're, they're working on ways to, yeah, sure. to to get them to to do stuff. But what's the big worry about it is the fact that theoretically you would have a, a self replicating nanobot yes so you have one nanobot that creates two nanobots that creates mm. four nanobots and exponentially out from there if there's no fail safe what will happen is i think it would take less than two days to absorb the entire earth and everything oh, it's, including it's a, us it's if a nanobot like start eating the wall to make more nanobots that's yeah. right yeah right, yeah, yeah. See, so, right. so he would say okay i've got to go make more nanobots so we would start pulling a, a material from everywhere yes. from walls rocks trees birds and us air. yeah oh air, yeah, air, and air. everything yeah. it basically what you 
you would be left with is a giant ball of grey sludge just yeah. floating in space. Yes. Or glittery. So, it can be glittery. It can be it could glittery. Be glittery. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, so it would just be this thing. Now, it was first put forward by a man called Eric Drexler, who was a scientist working with the nanobots, hmm. in a, a book called Engines of Creation in 1986. That was when it was first... As, in, as a fictional concept? As a, or? No, 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 as a, as a potential oh, concept. Right. He sort yes. of said, hey, I'm working with these tiny machines, and they could destroy the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he's spent his entire career since then yeah. uh, backpedaling and going, no, they probably won't do that. They're actually going to be really useful and we can cure cancer with they them. They might even come and take your women. Yeah. <laughs> now, the re- thing that really excites me about the Grey Goose scenario, though, mm. is because uh, even when they're all little nanobots, they're still trying to create more nanobots yes. by eating each other. Uh, yes, yeah. So they're constantly replicating themselves. Mm. And eventually, no matter what's replicating, you're going to get replication errors. And eventually, if those replication errors actually make them better at replicating, then basically what you've got is primordial Earth, which is just single-cell organisms, yes. slowly developing and developing and eventually get multi-celled That's right, organisms exactly. and then uh, more complex organisms. With Grey Goo, it's just little tiny robots doing exactly the same thing. They That's can right. become multi-celled but robots. But no planet. Eventually. No, but <laughs> eventually they, they Cybertron in a and the Transformers. Cybertron! Transformers! You made the same I know, I, I have, I have. Because there's, there's all this talk that bacteria... Are essentially nanobots. They're, they're, they're tiny little organisms that. Yep. Well, well, that's it exactly. But they're, 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 they're tiny little creatures that all they do is replicate yes. using other things. That sounds so, like Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that's based on nothing at all. He said no children. I, it just sounded vaguely insulting. I just threw it out there. That had been proved. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. He just he just uses resources and makes more of himself. But yeah, so you didn't so realize it will take under a million years for Dan to consume all the resources in the world have nothing but little bands. <laughs> as long as it's all Meccano, <laughs> Meccano, but yeah, so so that's and that's that's the Grey Goo apocalypse, and and so but the scientists say it probably won't happen. It, they say there's all sorts of failsafes in place, and so you know failsafes never ever fail. Can I? Well, can I? Okay, just throw something in here. Safe. I, yes. I, I've mm. heard about this in past. I hadn't heard a lot about the Grey Goo thing, but to me, it sounds almost similar to the Large Hadron Collider, where you have very intelligent people who built this amazing scientific device. And some idiot went, it's going to destroy the world! Yeah. I read about it in a magazine! That's right, and the whole exactly. world went, holy crap! And, and everyone who knows anything went, it's not going to destroy it's not the world. Happen. Is that the same with nanobots? It's, like, it's a little bit like that, in that, you know, for example, like Eric oh, Drexler... Can I, can I just point out yeah. that my really insulting tone for people who go to my science, <laughs> I'm not apologising for that. Learn some science. Thank you. Yes. So, I mean, as I said, like, Eric Drexler spent, has spent his entire career since he published that going, no, wait! It's probably not going to do that. I was just, it was just a thought exercise. It's, it's, it's like two in ten. That's it. Yeah, maybe, like, I guess. Sometimes, maybe. you know, you roll a dice, four out of six, it will. Come on. But um, the, 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 the fear now is that once uh, you have, like, medical nanobots specifically designed to act on the human body, mm. you will have nanobot terrorism, which is, again, you know, mm. people get their hands on, you know, oh. some nanobots, they re engineer them to. Do whatever. So you have to get like an actual. You have to get like an actual virus war of nanobots. To Something, you. yeah. So that's you, it. And if you get like the PC version, you don't update your leg falls off. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Yeah. And you have all these i nano people going. Well, I have an i nano. I don't. When I plug into the world net, <laughs> I don't have to worry about world viruses because I've got the nanobots that are. I wear. I wear a turtle. 
bottleneck. An apple a day. Oh, my uh, God. Yes. That's, you, God that's, you should patent that. That's, that's going to be a nano, uh, nanobot joke. So that, that's more of, that's more of a You've heard our first nanobot joke here, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Beeston <laughs> in 2010, August. So that's more, that's more of a soft apocalypse. So you've got, you've got, the, fiery death, <laughs> you've got the fiery death from space, yeah. and then you've got the slow, insidious creep of... Soft apocalypse. Then it wouldn't be that the first slow. porn well, I no, ever it wouldn't saw. Be. It, 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 would, it would accelerate very quickly. It would start very Could slowly. Could you stop on the fire? Can you? No! <laughs> I, sir, I hope so. I don't know. Uh, I, you saw uh, electricity. What? Let off an EMP. What happens is the, the, the nanobots start to take over. Yeah. Then a, a, an asteroid hits <laughs> with the force of atom bombs. Yes. And an atom bomb releases enough energy to... Uh, I, don't say, I don't think you get EMPs from asteroids. You can... No, no, oh, maybe. So you have to actually drop an atom bomb. Atom bomb yes. And you let it off in the atmosphere. Atom bomb. What about the 1950s? I'll drop an atom bomb. <laughs> an H-bomb. <laughs> an H-bomb. So that's different again. That's, uh, and you need an atom bomb to fire up an atom bomb. That's right, yeah. You need the power of an atom bomb to get the hydrogen. Um, what about a helium bomb? A helium bomb. I don't think there's a helium bomb. It just bomb. makes everyone sound really high pitched. Oh, the humanity! It makes everyone high pitched. So basically, it'll affect you and not us. Now we know. Bring everyone to our level. It just makes you so you uh, don't take the other side seriously. That's it's right. like, ah, you guys, you guys, your high squeaky voices. That's right. I like that. Yeah, that's right. So, yes, you want to drop an H an H bomb to make everyone be friends. Well done, Dan. That's going to You try and get the funding in Parliament for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, we've so got a hard apocalypse, we've got a soft apocalypse. Soft apocalypse. So, now right. we've got like a purely man made hubris apocalypse. Right. Right. So, so this is the world's. Is this supplies. where you start to kill people, starting with the people <laughs> yeah. who keep interrupting me. This is me slowly taking over the world one person at a time. Like an amoeba. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. What are you doing? I'm absorbing you. Ow, it kind just, of burns. Just be quiet. It'll be over soon. That's right. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I, we, we live in a pretty high-tech world, and, and we've got, I mean, we're surrounded right now well, by devices. We... As I always say, nearly every podcast, about 1% of the population lives in a yes, high-tech world. Yes, I, I should say. And if you are listening to this and you're not in a high-tech world, maybe stop listening to this and wasting money on technology <laughs> and get some water. <laughs> but buy that well they're always talking about. <laughs> buy an actual apple. That's right. Yes, yeah. Don't buy a... Yeah. Because yeah, no, no, but it's like we are quite. Just, I know I'm just being a bit weird here, but yes, we are. We are living in the lap of luxury. That's here. right, exactly. And, century, and the fact boys. is, the fact is that I mean that one percent of the world's population is consuming you know ninety percent of the yeah, world's resources. Yeah, that's right. And we're actually really close to running out of certain things. Now there's there's things like an element called indium, which um, I can't give you the atomic number of it unfortunately because I didn't get it. But check Wikipedia. <laughs> check it. Check it. But it's used in things like LCD display. So we've got two computers in the room at the moment, and they both have an LCD display. There would be indium in those screens. The world's supply of indium is due to run out by 2017. Completely. Yeah. It, they they, they mine it. Seven years indium. Yeah. Indium. Atomic number 49. 49. So atomic number 49. <laughs> so indium indium is due to run out in 2017. That's if we keep using it at the rate of course it's accelerating. If, if we use it at the rate that we do now, mm. that's not taking into account advances in technology yes. and, and growing demand for technology. more and more people are buying more and more computers. That's right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And people just throw it out. And it's, it's, why, it's why you always see, you, you see this big push now for people to recycle computers, mobile mm. phones, things like that because companies go in and cannibalize them for all these very rare elements. They, they, they throw away the metal and the plastic. They don't yeah. care. But they, they go in and they get these tiny little component computer chips and just recycle them because they're running out of them. Yeah. They, they, they literally don't have any more. I know, um, there, I, know there's, I know there's people, not it's rare, but 
there are people in America, I've read about this one as well, where they go get computers, or they're like, bring on computers, and, and we'll take them off your hands, and then they break them down, and they take the gold out of them. Yes, And they yeah. sell the gold. They sell and, the gold, And supposedly yeah. there's enough money then to do that, to collect it, crush it down, and sell that gold. Yeah, that's it, exactly. So yeah. there is money involved somewhere. That's, that's money. It. That's not yeah. saving the world, but that's <laughs> cold hot cash. And exactly. the thing is, as these things get rarer, then... The recycled elements are going to get more valuable, mm, and it's absolutely. going to be worthwhile putting spending resources to pull it out of it. That's, That's it. Exactly. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> That's called peak oil or peak peak iridium. Iridium, yes. That's peak iridium theory, and we don't want to talk about it's that. It's going to be really easy to get those elements back with uh, nanobots too. Oh, thank God. That's right. Exactly. Mm. And so, an asteroid, so, supposedly. Yeah, exactly. We'll get an asteroid full of nanobots, <laughs> and we'll hurdle it at my computer. There's other, there's other materials. There's other materials. Um, hafnium and gallium are the two major ones, along with indium. Hafnium, and gallium, um, hafnium is used in like computer chips and also uh, nuclear reactors in like control rods and things. Right. Um, we don't want to run out of those. No. No. Uh, gallium is used for in everything. It's used in a whole bunch of stuff actually, from uh, se- uh, semiconductors and things like that, oh. like like all sorts of semiconductors, right up to um, it's actually a key component in a nuclear weapon. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But, but but it's used for a whole bunch of stuff. They're, they're they're all really really low. Like they will run out by about 2017 oh. at the current levels. But the, it's not just the rare ones, the weird ones up the end of the periodic table that you've never heard of. Mm. It's also things like zinc. Mm-hmm. We're going to run out of zinc, zinc by 2037. I blame the surf lifesavers. Yes. You bastards. They're just wiping it on their face. They're just wiping it on my face and just showing me up with your bronze, <laughs> beautiful bodies. How dare you destroy my future? <laughs> Not a lot of helium left. No, no, that's right. But yeah, so so it's like, um, so you've got, yep. you've got zinc. Platinum and copper both uh, will run out in the next 50 years. They, they don't actually know. Copper. There's actually copper. 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 Yeah, yeah. Copper. Yeah. copper is running out. We have an interruption. Just... Hi, Stu. Hello. Uh, I have to interrupt and say that I know another thing that's running out. I'm just a random chick who happened to walk it's past. It's got something. But... Hello. We um, have chicks just coming around all the time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm part of the harem. Back I'm the... Thor Valder. <laughs> uh, we're in Brisbane, and this week there's been a soil scientist conference in Brisbane, and I know this because I was doing wow. an interview. <laughs> no, 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 Go seriously. Science. Did you soil. know? It's dirt interesting. <laughs> did you know what is also going to run and out? Dirt simple. In the that's 2030s, it. by the 2030s, apparently. Just the time the asteroid to get here and kill us. Exactly. We're running out of phosphates. Now, oh. phosphates are used uh, in fertilizer, fertilizer yeah, of course. and there is, and, bombs. and there's no <laughs> replacement. <laughs> there's currently no replacement or no synthetic Ooh. phosphate that you can use. So farming is going to be under incredible threat by a lack of phosphates and fertilizer. Mm. Ergo, potential worldwide famine. Maybe the world will end that way. That's just my two cents. I'll buzz off now. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, you're clumsy. I'll so make sure I lock the door next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hadn't actually heard of that one. That's that's really that's, cool. That's quite weird. Yeah. Helium. Helium. I, I don't actually. I think helium no, safe. No, 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 no. There's always more helium being made. Yes. Always more helium being made. By uh, what? Atomic processes. Okay, okay. Helium. Hmm. They found that helium in the sun. That's why it's helios yeah, helium. Yeah, yeah. But they actually, what you need is you need any place where there's radioactive material and it decays down. It actually it, it releases two protons. What's two protons? Helium. It's not enough. It's two protons. And what it's happens, trace elements. It, it is. And we are running out but of it, helium. It, it, but it's catching. It's, it's if you have a catchment area and, and, it, and America has tons of helium. Tons of helium. Well, it's running out. Oh, maybe it's running out. But you know, no, it's running out really quickly. Oh, like, the costs go. The cost keeps doubling every oh, okay. couple of years. It's one of those things. Yeah, it wasn't the Americans and their helium. Damn you, Americans, you helium! <laughs> we would not have the Hindenburg. We'd all be had Zeppelins. That's it, exactly. And, uh, well, then we wouldn't dominate the sky here in the smart enough comedy blimp. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so well, the, the actual great, blimp may vary. The great irony of all this is the fact that you know people always talk about the oil crisis and the energy mm. crisis, and they're saying we're, we're far too dependent on oil, and we've got to mm. get to more you know green alternatives like solar power and, and wind energy and stuff like that. The great irony is that that technology, like especially solar cells, but also you know green yeah. technology and things like that, it uses a lot of these rare elements. That we're yes. running out of. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, the, the green... Take that, greenies. <laughs> Take that, greenies. Um, <laughs> How dare you save the planet? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're really going to find ourselves in a bad way in about 50 years' time when we're running out of oil, we're looking for alternatives, and we're actually running out of a lot of these rare elements that we're, yes. that we're using to make things, you know, that we use every single day, like mobile phones, computers, all this sort of stuff. Is it gallium? It might be gallium. I have to look this up. It's not just the fact that it's running out. It's fact that one of the only places that they can find it in the world is in a mountain where a lot of gorillas live on and, and like mountain gorillas all these gorillas are being pushed you know, back up gorillas back up your mountain like okay cool and now like sitting on the mountain going at least they gave us the mountain and I'm like wow you have, I think it's gallium you have a lot of gallium under your mountain and the gorillas are like oh crap oh, no. now, now we want to mine that mountain there's yeah. nowhere else to put the gorillas that's it and the problem is when you mine it it's very hard to dig it up using big shovels you need to get baby harp seals to <laughs> scoop away at the it is very efficient and, and their blood lubricates, lubricates the wheels of society <laughs> oh wait that's, that's terrible the whole thing these poor Gorilla's like, what have we done? <laughs> we, we have done nothing to you. That's right. <laughs> so, well, we killed that one guy, but that was yeah, the one. I was young, I was drunk. It happened. <laughs> he was looking yeah. at my woman. <laughs> That's so yeah, a woman. <laughs> so that's that's three possible ways the world may end out of a multitude of ways. But the thing, the thing that the thing that always comforts me is the fact that when the end of the world comes, we'll probably never see it coming. It will be some completely left field thing that no one has thought of. Well, no one's noticed what's in my basement yet. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's probably because I live on a second floor of an apartment block, so my basement is the people downstairs' house. That's mm. weird. That is strange. <laughs> and, but they're all killer robots. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give it away. Sorry. Would you like a coffee? Kill, kill. <laughs> so that's really that's really scary and interesting, and and we're still laughing about it. The way I look at it though is, civilization has lasted quite a long time. All civilizations fall, but life has lasted for quite a long time since yeah. the last major extinction. I keep thinking statistically, we're, it's unlikely it's going to happen whilst I'm kicking about. And as I'm very self-centered, I couldn't give a rat's tattoo about the next generation. <laughs> Man. I, I haven't got any kids. I don't have any kids. Boom! I don't have anyone I care about has kids except my sisters and my friends and nearly everyone I know. So, yes, I'm probably, the people who are listening just going, you bastard. I don't mean you. I love your kids. Oh, yeah, your kids are great. Your, your kids are, specific just teach kids. them not to have their kids of their own. Yeah, that's right. And we'll be fine. A single generation oh, of everyone not having kids, and we'd be fine. We'd have enough gallium and indium <laughs> and cowboysium that we could ever, ever hey, want. If one generation didn't have kids, yeah. that would be no more humans ever. Really? Ah, <laughs> oh, these are the way the world will end, I think. Yes. So, Monsieur Beeston. Bonjour. This Ohio gozaimasu. <laughs> In uh, about um about 12:42 p.m. Doko ni kimashita? 4 or 7. I don't speak. I barely speak English. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm a filthy Australian. I can't speak other languages and I feel very bad about that. Anyway, moving on. We've been discussing a lot about things that can destroy the world, it seems. Just sort of happened. We talked about Eric yep. Arena and how it might go up and, and maybe destroy the world, but more likely it's be a big bright light in the sky. And yep. Mr. Stuart Late from crack.com and olilolilo.com talked about... It's not helping. The audience like, what? We'll put it in the links anyway. You can check on the links. Talked about three interesting ways the world could end. So I thought 
thought that I would play a song by a very talented musician by the name of George Crabb. Is it from his new album? It is from his new album. Oh, you know about his album, Trebuchet, yes. yes. I now, listened to the first half of it the other day. Oh, very good. Oh, then you might have heard this song. Yes, yes I might have. Now, the the song, it's all well, Mr. Crabb is a um, multi-instrumentalist and a podcaster and a, quite a funny man and a skeptic. And, and I would honestly say that his podcast is probably the one of the grandfathers or the fathers of this podcast. As in, listen to his podcast when I, I, I want to do something in that vein. So yeah. I'm very excited that we uh, get to play his song. So this song is called Death from the Skies. Mm-hmm. Now he's playing it, please. Yeah. Go on then. Hit the button. The fairness of unfairness is in everything's demise.
These just get nerdier and geekier. That was funk. Dorkier Look, every George single Rab, week. George Rabb is a part of the Philadelphia Funk Authority, so I won't have you call him a nerd, thank you very much. Oh, he's a nerd. <laughs> But with a little asterisk, yes, to point out that I have actually ordered the CD. So. <laughs> I already own it. That's true. It's very true. But if you're interested in George Trab's podcast, though you probably already are, if you're listening to this one, is geologic.com, the geologic podcast discussing skeptics, science, and things Music. that happen in George's life. Yes. Well, I'm Dan Beeston. And, and I'm Greg Wah. And you have been listening to Smart Enough to Know Better. If you'd like to join in on the wacky discussions that we have, please feel free to jump into the forums and make your mark, or give us an email at greg at smartenough.org or dan at smartenough.org. Thanks very much to Stuart Lake for coming in and doing interviews. And any ideas that you have, ladies and gentlemen, send them to us. We need your ideas. We we need your approbation. We need your approval. We need your love. We just need you. Greg, thanks for coming over and watching volleyball with me. Volleyball, ah, tunnel ball. So also, I was yelling, ah, ha, 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 just at the same time you're saying that. <coughs> Greg, good to see you. I wouldn't miss volleyball. No, shit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and also, you're, you're the huge manly voice. It'd be wonderful. So we'll be going, <laughs> we're boys, we. And you'll be like, oh, 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 oh. I work on the radio. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs>